Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. On today's episode, we have Bokhara Lashi. Bokhara is a business owner who I met through frequenting her spa in San Francisco called Embody Zen. I've had multiple profound breakthroughs from conversations with her, and I really think she's a wise person, so I wanted to have her on the show. She'd been subscribing to my mailing list, and I'd been telling her about the podcast ever since its conception, and she's been really supportive. I had wanted to ask her about the term lifestyle entrepreneur, which is something I learned from her, which is about someone who creates a business to complement or to boost or to build a kind of life that they would like to have. So for any creative, any spiritual person who's listening to this show, you know, how can you build a life around your passion, around your creativity, around your spiritual path. As an astrologer, I really do consider myself also an entrepreneur because it's not like an astrologer is just kind of a job title that you can just pick out and like, okay, I'm an astrologer. You know, you have to kind of create a business and find ways to attract clients and all of that. So it does become entrepreneurial. And I know that a lot of you listening are also into spiritual arts um, or you have a passion that maybe you're wanting to turn into a business. And definitely when that's your path, just talking to other people who have businesses and hearing how business people think and what their mindsets are like can be so transformative. I listened to business podcasts nonstop when I was starting Monarch Astrology. Another thing that we ended up talking about was gratitude practices. That's something that Bokhara does. And I really think you'll enjoy hearing about how she still addresses hardship and is still honest with things that are happening in her life, but she finds a way to have a positive or a grateful mindset. And it's so powerful. She's definitely not a spiritual bypasser. And I think it's really important to hear about how someone who's really grounded like Bokara is talks about gratitude and mindset because it's something that can really support all of us. You know, no matter what our journeys are, gratitude is high vibrational and can really boost whatever it is that we're doing. But it's also not something that we want to, you know, ignore reality or not look at what's difficult. So I think she's a great example of someone who does both. Another thing that I love about Bokhara is that her perspectives about life are really thorough and balanced and refined. And whenever I've talked to her, I really get this feeling inside of me. And you know how when you're around people and you just get feelings and it's kind of like a way of knowing, you know, what is it about this person's essence? Like, how are they affecting you? But something that I always experience when I talk with Bokhara is that I get this impression that there's no difficulty in life that I couldn't address meaningfully. And that, you know, even the difficulties that I'm experiencing are meaningful and that the solutions or the way that I lean into them will open up something on the path that is like a fruit of that difficulty. So it's not just like something to try to ignore or put under the rug or whatever, but it's actually part of the path. It's really a pleasure to talk with people who have that kind of attitude about life. And you can hear just in the way that they talk about things that they've considered the obstacle and they've integrated the obstacle into their work. And so there's kind of a a Capricorn or a Saturn kind of feel to that where um, they're solid and you can trust them and you know that they're real. <laughs> we talked a little bit about how people we spend time with influence us, and I'm sure you'll feel the influence from this really grounded and intelligent soul. So welcome, Bokara. Hi, Bokara. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sabrina. It's great to be here. So will you tell us a little bit um, just about what you do? You have a few businesses and you've created your own lifestyle. And I wanted to ask you about lifestyle entrepreneurship. But before we get into that, just a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about lifestyle entrepreneuring. It is a unique way of life. Uh, what I do has been created from that, actually. So we'll get into that more. But as of right now, my primary work is in Embody Zen, which is a customized boutique 
organic studio in San Francisco, offering wellness treatments of organic skincare, sugaring, and massage treatments. Pretty much an escape away for urban professionals, uh, counterbalancing all of the mind and mental unrest that everybody's experiencing today. Just creating a nice, cozy place to escape away and recharge. And uh, beyond that, I do online professional writing about wellness topics. And I recently, a few years ago, launched a company doing three-dimensional green art in order for people to have meaningful art in their home or workspaces that offers more than just another structural element, but there is a healing power of plants. And so bringing in more greenery into our physical spaces also makes us well. So I kind of come from a space of really wanting to deliver wellness from the inside and the outside and your out sexual physical space all around you as well. And so all the little businesses that I feel like I've started and created from passions really stem from that, the desire to really give people a way to feel well from the outside in. Wow. Yeah. They all sound really connected in that way. It's like replenishing people and bringing them back to Zen (laughs) either through your, um, why am I blanking on the word? Which word are you looking for? Um, I'm happy to help. Like the spa. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I call it a, there's a few ways of calling Embody Zen and it's sort of evolved over the years because it used to be a physical location and now it's sort of a hidden spa house. And so that's what I call it. It's like a hidden spa house for people to escape oh, away right. to. Oh, right. Yeah. So either through your spa or through your visual art and bringing like greenery into people's houses. And so what about um, the term lifestyle entrepreneur? What does that mean? So just like you asking like, oh, tell me a little bit about yourself. And it's a long answer. It's not really cut and dry. Uh, Like if somebody is a teacher or a firefighter or they're an engineer, somebody asks, oh, what do you do? And they can answer that. And everybody's like, okay, I totally get that. Well, about a decade ago, when I started to explore really working for myself and building my work around what I wanted my life to look like, I realized that it wasn't just one thing and it wasn't really easily defined. So now sometimes I feel like when people ask me, what do you do? It's almost like career roulette. What do I want to talk about for the day? (laughs) I can talk about the Mozart. I can talk about the spa house. I can get into that I'm online writing about wellness topics. And I was really seeking a term that would offer greater clarity and be a little bit of a shorter answer and less of a game of Russian roulette. I don't know why I think that that is it's what goes through my mind when people ask, what do you do? It's like, I can go through the list in my head real quick and then decide what I want to talk about today. <laughs> um, and then I did a lot of research and a lot of contemplating around, you know, how can I answer this in a way that maybe won't turn into a long conversation and when people are really just being polite, <laughs> they don't always <laughs> want the long answer. Um, and I came across the term lifestyle entrepreneur and I was like, this sounds right, but what is this? And a few years ago when I saw it online and I was seeing it as a sort of career option for people to explore, I was like, well, what is this? And the way it was defined then is actually different than some of the definitions you find on the internet now. So there's kind of two diverse ways that a lifestyle entrepreneur is really defined. The the more small description and the the more narrow definition of it is that a lifestyle entrepreneur is somebody that creates their career to be uh, non-location based. So everything that they offer is on the internet. And, you know, that a lot of people think of as more of a digital nomad and their life is very free. Well, in the other definition, one that I'm actually more connected to, a lifestyle entrepreneur really creates their work to match a lifestyle that they would like to have. So somebody that is, you know, not dependent upon a location and is very free to travel is one lifestyle concept that somebody could build their career and their work around. But I actually didn't create that. 
I was working online on the computer day in, day out for multiple years. And so when I was sitting there asking myself, what do I want to do? What would my ideal daily life look like? And can I build a work around that? Uh, it didn't involve the computer at all. So the narrow definition of a lifestyle entrepreneur being somebody that works primarily on the internet and is location free doesn't encompass all of the different ways somebody can truly build a lifestyle entrepreneur career. So for me, I created a, a spa house where people come to me. It lessened my commute. I'm also in a treatment room all day long in like really lovely dim lighting with really calming, soothing music, completely away from technology, which was something that I really wanted to infuse into this new career because I was staring at the computer for 12 hours a day, five to six days a week. And so when I wanted to create a new career option, it didn't involve that. And so now when you look up what a lifestyle entrepreneur is, you can see that ultimately somebody who is seeking that as their career choice the real way in which that you can figure out what if it's right for you is that you ask yourself when you're starting to build a business, what life do I want to lead and what do I want my life to look like? Whereas a traditional entrepreneur, they usually begin by asking themselves sort of, what does the market or the public need as far as a business? Whereas a lifestyle entrepreneur is really asking what do I want my life to look like and what really matters to me in my day-to-day -day existence? And let me build a career and a work around that. And so the greatest, in my opinion, difference is that lifestyle entrepreneurs, they are all about working with something that they have passion about. And the goal is less about, you know, earning income and more about offering the world something that they really care about and it connecting to how they want to live their day-to-day -day life. I love that. It sounds really personally empowering because it's not just about the external world and what the external world needs, but you're including yourself in the equation and discovering how you can create a lifestyle and a business that suits you and then you'll be happier and you can offer a better service to the world. So that's really that's cool. a great sum up. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I resonate with being a lifestyle entrepreneur then in that case and not quite a digital nomad, though technically I could become one if I wanted to take that direction. So what were you doing before um, you started your own businesses? Well, it's been a long road and it's really funny when people kind of get into this question. They're like, how old are you? Are you like 50? Because I've had some, some very drastically different careers and I was fully in them when I was there. So I actually got my bachelor of arts in education and I was a classroom teacher. So I taught second, third and fourth grade in the public school classrooms. And then I moved out to California to take care of my mom in her later years and when I moved out here I was looking for work and it was the biggest shock in the world to me my career choice one that was about stability and you'll always have work and the world needs teachers and you're never going to be without you know a job was actually the opposite of the truth the year that I was here the California school system was going through huge budget cuts and actually teachers were losing their jobs. And the idea that being a teacher was this secure career choice completely changed. And that planted a seed for me back then that I didn't even realize that gave me this change of viewpoint. And there's always some kind of trigger that somehow gives somebody that little itch and confidence to build a life as an entrepreneur. And that was one of the pieces that led me to create my own work because it is a contrast between stable, steady income and this idea of security versus entrepreneurship, which is very roll with the flow, waves up and down. Sometimes you hit like what people call the bullet train which is like the lucky train and everything I've never goes heard great. that term. Oh, you haven't heard it? <laughs> Especially with online stuff. I want the bullet train. Oh, it's right, good. Most people <laughs> want the bullet train. <laughs> uh, it's really common with things like, um, you know, if something goes viral, it's equivalent to the bullet train, right? If something is just when you launch it out there into the world and you're like, wee, let's see what happens. And then 
the world just absorbs it and takes it over and loves it to pieces. And you really get tremendous amounts of influence and positive reaction. And therefore you get success, like a great amount of success. So that's the bullet trait. And that's very rare. Um, but you know, back to the, the contrast of that compared to what a normal entrepreneur experience is, <laughs> which is, you know, you put out there something that is meaningful to you, or you put out there something that maybe the world needs or could really help the world or your community. And it's just kind of, uh, wait and see a little bit. You never know until you get it out there. And there is a little bit of magic. And that's the component that I learned through over a decade of being an entrepreneur now is two people that are approaching the same exact business in the same exact way. One person will succeed and one person will have some success, right? But maybe they won't feel to keep it going and they'll just kind of allow themselves to shift focus into something new. And there's a piece of magic that happens somewhere in there. And uh, I think that once my first business launched, which was Embody Zen, uh, I felt a little piece of magic. And so it gives you this element of confidence and excitement um, it was the economic downturn when I decided <laughs> to open Embody Zen. Everybody thought I was definitely making a bad decision. So there was also this deep-seated desire to truly offer what I wanted to create for the world and the community. The financial crisis was happening in the economy and so many people were stressed out and really hurting emotionally and leaning on the classic things of happy hour, <laughs> drinking drugs, all that kind of stuff. And I really felt like, you know, I want to offer a holistic alternative for people. And there were many spas in San Francisco at the time, but they were very, very few that were fully holistic and utilized all organic natural products. What we have now as mainstream concept was a niche market. So here it was total economic downturn. I moved from a steady career <laughs> with steady paychecks to being like, this is meaningful. This is really important. The community needs this. I believe in this. I'm going to do this. And so I leave the world of education technology because I transitioned years ago from um, the classroom into ed tech when there were no teacher jobs. I made the transition into ed tech and here I was trying to figure out like, okay, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? What is, what is, what do I do? Where do I start? And I did start with that question of, well, what do I want my life to look like and what matters to me and what do I really want to offer to the public that could help them? And these were some of the foundational core elements and questions around starting my businesses, but also are equivalent to what I believe a lifestyle entrepreneur really asks themselves when they get out there to begin something fresh to offer the world. That's so beautiful. It feels like it's setting yourself up for long-term success if your foundations are including like what really matters to you. Um, Definitely. I like the part about magic too. And the thought of um, getting people to be excited about something that you're introducing into the world. So instead of um, going off of what people are already asking for per se, it's like you saw that there was a need um, and it also resonated with something that you wanted to offer. That's really awesome. How do you think other people who are wanting to start a business of some kind, um, how can they create that magic, do you think? Mm, that's a good question. I would say that magic comes from a place of balance. It's kind of what I developed with my company embodies and this idea of like get really clear on what the center important factor is and then from that space it creates these like little magical tentacles that go out into the world and uh, attract someone to what you're offering and part of that balance is feeling really confident right that what what you have is valuable and meaningful for your world population around you um 
so I, it's multi parts, right? So it, it, is it meaningful? Is it coming from an authentic place versus a place that's about, you know, just making money? I mean, it might make money if it's about making money, right? But it might not stick around and it might not experience the magic, right? For me, the magic involves something being meaningful, something offering something very authentic to who you are. And ultimately, the magic comes from your willingness to fail, the willingness to just put yourself out there with confidence and hope. And uh, with that authenticity and passion, you attract people to you because people are curious, you know, when you have a passion or you're excited about something, people usually want to hear it. It might not be something that they want to buy or put money into, but really all that matters is gaining uh, interest. And then from there, once you have the interest, then ultimately it'll eventually attract the people that are looking to be involved in whatever you're offering in the world. Mm, That's so true. That reminds me of starting my business with Monarch Astrology and just being so excited about astrology and people being curious and intrigued. But I had to be happy about it and confident from within because if I said it in kind of this lackadaisical, like, yeah, I'm an astrologer, I was kind of like insecure about it, the other person would mirror that and they wouldn't really ask more about it. So I found that just the attitude that I held it with would change how people responded to it. Definitely. How have you like managed your confidence levels through the ups and downs of like success and failure? Community is one element of that, that I think is holds greater value than almost anything else. I feel so grateful for my community of people around me. And I know it was them that have have helped me to make the decade mark, right? It's like on the hard days, on the hard months, on the tax years where you're like, oh God, I owe that. I'm sure people can (laughs) relate right now. (laughs) Thankfully, I've grown and learned since those beginning years where it was very painful. But, you know, you have these moments um, and especially, you know, starting a business in the economic downturn. I did not hit the bullet train. (laughs) Didn't hit that. But what I did do is I created a slow, meaningful build by creating relationships with each and every single person and each and every single person I considered... um, equally important and I'm going to be equally present with every single person and show them that you matter, you matter, you matter. And, you know, this is a good safe space for you to come to, to relax and, you know, let the stress roll off the shoulders and, you know, feel confident again. A huge part of skincare really is putting your best face forward. And if we can't do that emotionally or physically, then it infects our mental stability. And so over the years, I have cultivated this confidence and from a place of making sure that the people I have around me are ones that are feeding in positivity. And I don't mean it in the sense because I I have all my friends that there's this saying, (laughs) Uh, I didn't even know it actually until um, my boyfriend pointed it out one year and he's like, all of your friends have no filter. That's exactly what they all have in common. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, He's like, they say it like it is. And I love that. Like I cultivate that in my community. I want my friends to be authentic and honest and open and real with me. It's not in a harsh or harmful or crude way, but it's in a way that makes me feel confident that if I ask and they give me a compliment or they're being supportive, that I know that it's genuine and authentic and okay, I can trust that this is something good and valuable and that I'm on the right track, right? So it's a group of confidants and a group of community of people that I feel couldn't have, like I couldn't be where I am without them. Have you heard of the philosophy, like top five? No. Have you heard of that? There's this one philosophy where it says that we are the accumulation of the top five people we spend the most time with. You've heard of that, right? Yeah. And so I heard of that maybe eight or nine years ago and I took it 
very, very seriously because it's true. And it's not the top five people. If you list who are your top five people, it's actually who are you spending the most time with and who are you communicating the most with? And so if you look at your day-to-day life and you really reflect on what you're getting the most feedback and input from around you, then it could be something that you want to shift and you want to change in order to cultivate a better, stronger confidence for yourself or a better foundation for whatever you want to build in your career or in your life. And the community that I have, I feel as in, I feel incredibly blessed. It's like even my sister, my partner, my friends, they are all really excellent communicators. They are emotionally intelligent people. They're willing to share about their emotions. Uh, they're creative. Some of them are artists. Some of them are tech company people. Some of them are marketing. Some of them are uh, leaders in wellness groups around the world. You know, cultivating a community of people around you is one of the most fundamental components, I think, to life. And then you can look at the small component of life, which might be, you know, creating a lifestyle entrepreneur career and be like, okay, this is something that I encourage everyone to spend time on and really reflect on. Because just like when you hang out with somebody and you start to have their body mechanics and mannerisms, or you start to like make facial expressions like your friends, guess what? Subconsciously, you start to think like them, you start to act like them, and you get influenced by the people that are around you that are giving you the most input. And so that is something that I spent, I think, quite a bit of time on. And thankfully, some of them I was born with, some of them are my sisters. So I started with an incredible base that I'm always forever grateful for. Uh, But then from there, it's actually just being conscious and aware. And uh, once you allow yourself the luxury of asking yourself, you know, what, what kind of people do I want around me in order to cultivate the lifestyle that I want to lead? Uh, it's easier when you've moved around a lot because, uh, when you are in the same place that you grew up, you have people you've known since you were in kindergarten. And, you know, I I never encourage people just cut, cut people out of your life. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. And I want to clarify that. I'm ultimately trying to say that, you know, make sure that the people that you're spending the most time with and you're cultivating deeper communications and relationships with are feeding back in and you're able to give to them. So it's a very equal, loving, simpatico relationship um, so that everybody gets built up, right? And this is ultimately the goal is that our community builds us up and is there for us when things go wrong or when things are a struggle. And um, that was one of the lessons I learned most recently, which is, okay, well, what happens when you are in need? Because it's really easy for people to show up when things are really exciting or when things are really uh, fun or maybe you're on the bullet train that I never caught. But, you know, maybe you're there like everybody wants to be around you. It's really easy. But when life gets hard or when life gets really busy, who are the people you can truly count on and show up? And don't forget to look for that. And don't forget to be that person when you're cultivating that community and making sure to to reflect on that and be that for other people, what I expect from them um, has really helped be this like, I guess, bubble of love that, that allows for success and magic to happen because you feel safe and supported to uh, take risks. That's amazing. I love the context of that being the bigger picture, really your community and what you're embedded in. And then your business and your lifestyle is this small part of that, that can be so important to remember, especially because when we're trying to get something off the ground or we're like really trying to make something work, we can, I mean, I have this tendency sometimes like I'm too busy. I have to work. And I like forget that, you know, the function of my whole life is the point and like the community is the point, not just getting something done. Um, So that's really special to hear. And I appreciate that distinction too, about not necessarily cutting people out 
but just about cultivating relationships. And I feel so every time I talk with you, I get such a strong sense that you have so much agency and you're very intentional. And I really like that about you. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always impressed by that. And I wonder where that comes from, if you were born this way or what happened that helped you um, have this kind of empowerment and agency about you. What people can't see is that <laughs> I'm bright red right now. <laughs> Thank you. That That's incredibly, incredibly kind of you. Um, you know, I haven't really thought of it that way. Like, what is, where did my agency come from? Where did the desire to put care into each and everything come from? Where did it get cultivated? Um, sometimes it's hard to answer, like, the where or what what was the turning point that made you who you are in life um so maybe i'll answer that with some of my philosophies and how i approach it and mantras that really help me Mm. remain within that consciousness because i think that's the hardest part is staying steady and true um Physical space is really important to me because I think uh, physical space can really create chaos or calm. And that's one of the reasons the spa house exists is I wanted to create a very calm space. And uh, when trying to fill a space consciously, something I really like to ask myself is, does it have purpose and is it beautiful? So those two small elements make sure that everything you have around you is meaningful it has purpose and ultimately you find it to be beautiful so it adds back something that is joy when you look at it or when it's around you and i'd say that that holds true even for um every single thing that we do in life it you know your actions day to day is it meaningful to you? Does it hold purpose? Or is it something that you just like? (laughs) You know, it's like working out every day. It's like, okay, that holds very distinct purpose. You're going to maintain the temple of your body. Um, Some people really like it. Not the case for me, but one of those holds true. So it works out. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as, you know, how to maintain it, it's really gratitude practice. I'm a huge gratitude practice person. Um, it's all about the mind and the, that's why mantras I think are so important. And maybe people, uh, don't always resonate with the word mantra because maybe they have it connected to a spiritual sect that they don't feel drawn to. To me, another way of thinking of a mantra is a term, sentence, or phrase that helps you through whatever it is you need. And so for some, it could be simple, like this day too shall pass. If it's a really, really hard day, right? This day too shall pass. Um, For other people, it could be something really empowering for them. And it's just like maybe a really firm statement about themselves. Like, um, I am confident I am confident. And you repeat it to yourself over and over until you believe it because you are the one talking to yourself more than anyone else. And that's something most people don't think about. Like even chatty people like me, (laughs) ultimately I talk to myself and you talk to yourself in your mind more than anybody else does. And so being very careful of what you're saying to yourself in your mind, when you look in the mirror every day, are you pointing out your flaws? Are you pointing out your imperfections? Or are you loving yourself? Mm. Are you looking at the things that make you go, "Mm, okay, I really like this about myself. And so when you step out into the world or when you sit behind a computer and you go to create something, is it coming from a place of, this is awesome. The mindset, right? This is something valuable. This is something beautiful. Or is it coming from a lacking mindset or a focusing on the flaws and what's wrong mindset? And so the mantras help people keep on track. Yeah. <laughs> Little things to kind of keep you back in the track of the positive mind or just the helpful mind. Um, and then for me, the gratitude practice, because sometimes things are just difficult. And sometimes days 
You know, there's saying about the threes, things come in threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, some days are like that and some weeks are like that and some months are like that, depending on what's going on in the universe, as you would believe, right? Yeah. And so then in those moments, it's a lot harder to just pretend like that doesn't exist and focus only on the positive. I also believe in sitting with something being difficult and taking it as a lesson and allowing the contrast of that experience to let you feel so grateful for these other things. Uh, I had an experience a few weeks ago where I created a gratitude practice that day better than any other day in my life. And I remember being so proud of myself, (laughs) right? The self-talk at the end of the day for me was, wow, I'm really proud of myself that I did that. And everything was going wrong. Like the whole day, everything was going wrong. I uh, picked my car up from the uh, shop and it was, you know, $250 oil change plus few things, right? And I was like, okay, yeah, I did that. That's good. Went to the store to go make some choices uh, and went to the car and the car wouldn't start. So I had just taken it to the shop. They gave it the full bill of health, right? And then it won't start. And that little moment was actually the start of everything going wrong that day. And instead of focusing on, oh no, because my car is not starting right now, I'm going to be late to my appointments and my clients are going to be upset or I'm going to let them down, which I never like to do. Um, I decided, wow, how lucky that my car died here and I'm so close to this coffee shop. I'm going to go sit in the coffee shop and wait the two hours for the AAA. (laughs) And I was every time something was happening saying, wow, look how great this is. I'm so grateful for this. And by the end of that day, everything worked out just like it always does, because working out doesn't always mean all the bad things went away, but they passed. (laughs) The car eventually got jumped and started and it was, you know, another trip to the mechanic, but that's fine. And it was the mindset around that entire day that I went to bed with a huge smile. I woke up the next day elevated, even though it was the hardest day. I had companies telling me they couldn't, couldn't, couldn't for every little thing that I was like, this is a small ask. Why is this not possible? And people in my life messaging me with things that were very, very difficult. And every one of those things all on their own as a small one fact could have brought down the entire day and could have really rippled out to affect the mindset and the rest of the experiences throughout that day in a negative. But because I was focusing so clearly on well, I'm really grateful there's a cafe right here. Wow, I'm really grateful I have AAA and that they're coming. And I'm really great, you know, every time just focusing on what I was grateful for, the 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 experience completely changed, even though realistically the experience was the same. I was sitting in a coffee shop for two hours waiting for the AAA. I instead was happily sitting in a coffee shop getting work done grateful that the AAA was coming, right? It's about this mindset shift. And that's what the cultivating of this consciousness around life, I think is what you were trying to get at. It's like, goes back to that very much for me. It's being careful of what I bring into the space, letting it have purpose or, you know, be just something that brings joy or happiness to look at. Um, And also focusing on being grateful and always finding that counterbalance when life gets tough because it does. And, you know, we all get to roll with it in the best way we know how. And the way I encourage is gratitude. That's so inspiring. That makes me want to focus more on gratitude because I do go in and out and the mindset's so powerful because I know when I'm focused on gratitude for long periods of time, like amazing things happen. Sometimes I even get so overwhelmed. It's like so much. I feel like I'm like a (laughs) balloon or something, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. have you seen American Beauty or there's like the scene about things just being too beautiful. You can't handle it. And so like that feeling can come in, but also um, just hearing that story reminds me of just having like a really strong spirit and not having to use these events that happen in life as a trigger to downward spiral because you don't actually have to. Um, And then 
about also being present and sitting with what's difficult, not pretending it's not there. You know, I think that's a huge key because sometimes people are resistant towards positive thinking because it seems like it's about overlooking or bypassing, but there is a way to have gratitude and to have a good mindset while also being present with what's not working. And I think that that also um, can help entrepreneurship or just what you're doing in life because you're aware of these obstacles, you're aware of challenges and how to overcome them. And then it gets, I guess, like carried into your field so that when you're offering advice or you're offering service or whatever it is that you're sharing with others, it is carrying with that the wisdom of what you've overcome instead of just overlooking it. So I would agree completely. Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) And once you can bring that in to your work, into your community and that consciousness, um, I believe that that is a possibility, right? There's a possibility that that can create a ripple that could heal the mental illness that's happening in the world. I read a... um, fact that was very heartbreaking and it says one in four people in the entire world experiences mental illness at some point in their life and you mentioned that it's a it's a sign of a strong spirit right it's like well i had a really hard childhood i had a very very difficult life uh why did i turn out the way that i did it could be that i have a very strong spirit and if that's the case yes i'm very very grateful for that but also it could be that i cultivated a strong spirit through these practices and some days i notice my spirit is weaker <laughs> and i have to go back to these mantras and go back to the gratitude practice and keep leaning on these to keep me on this track of having a maybe elevated spirit to handle whatever's coming in the world and um so through these practices i think almost anyone could sort of activate this idea of a strong spirit or activate this cultivating their life in this very meaningful way that you are observing and being like, wow, I'd really like that. It's like, well, number one, awesome, recognizing it. Number two is really seeing that it's possible for you, right? And then trying out different things like mantras might not work for you gratitude practice might not be the thing for you but it sounds like it was because it It worked last time (laughs) i think what's happened is that i had a time period where when i was creating monarch astrology especially um i didn't have things in my physical world validating back my dreams to me in super obvious ways so i was leaning extra on gratitude and it was all about my mindset and then i started to gain an amount of success and to have my reality reflect back at me, these things I've created. Um, And so the external world held maybe more Maya for me. And so then I can go back and be like, Oh, my day, something went wrong and I can feel bad about it. When all of that stuff exists because of a mindset that I had in the past, when I was studying law of attraction and studying things like gratitude practices and um, it's, I've actually been holding an intention for like the last, like, probably a month or so of like, I want to get back into gratitude. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot and just that space of enchantment and talking with you is reminding me that it's not about what's happening on the external world. It's about how you meet it internally. Um, But I do think there's some kind of magic in the internal space and how it can affect the external reality. And so if you are gratitude, if you are practicing gratitude for months, years, that's going to shape the quality of your life. And then your life holds more reflections to be grateful. Um, but remembering to go back within or that's where it originates is the key, I feel. I completely agree. Something that I've always been impressed by um, in our conversations is that you created everything that you did without external community support, right? Like that, that takes a strength of mind, a strength of will, strength of spirit that to me is, is very impressive because you have to have that much of a stronger commitment, right? And filter for the negative. I definitely had a a chunk of that when I wanted to 
open up a niche spa business in the economic downturn, which most people are like, not so <laughs> smart, don't do it. But I, you know, you get good at filtering out and filtering in the things that are really meant to offer uh, either beneficial contrasts so that you can feel grateful because, you know, like you mentioned a moment ago and you reiterated and I was happy about that because you was like, oh good, it really came across this importance of uh, not pretending that difficult things don't exist, right? The goal isn't to only nice things, please, or only good thoughts or what is it? Good vibes only is the hashtag for a long time. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, good vibes are awesome. I'm all about them. (laughs) Um, And allowing for the reality that sometimes things are difficult is important in order to create that contrast. And the only thing different in an experience, like I mentioned that silly hard day, which when you think about the grand scheme of the world, those things were not difficult at all. Oh no, my car battery died. Like it's nothing compared to some of the tragic things happening in the world, but it could have been because of my mindset around it, right? It could have been seen that way. And only because I can compare it to other things and only because I have all these other examples of greater tragedies or, you know, harder experiences, can I see that contrast and feel really grateful? So if you don't allow in the reality of all these other difficult experiences that exist in the world and you pretend like they don't exist, then what are you really using as that contrast to really authentically feel grateful? And so giving yourself the opportunity to see both is really important. And I think maybe that's one of the things that made you become the success that you are is you had such a strong contrast (laughs) when you were younger. You were just like, okay, I got to really push up against these, um, naysayers, we can call them, or, you know, people that just didn't understand you and didn't understand what you wanted to offer. And uh, you cultivated strength from that. And now you created what you did. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Where can people find you and find your work? Uh, well, there's a few different spots that I love for people to visit if they're interested. Uh, if you'd like to see the 3D green art, because people love to see that, is just go to Instagram, Moss Art Studio. And uh, for the spa here, if you're in San Francisco and you're looking for a little escape. Uh, Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sabrina. Um, check out embodyzen.com. E-M, like E's the mind embodyzen.com and on embodyzen actually i have what i consider my portfolio of um published work so i do a lot yeah, of i wanted writing. to ask you about that before we go just your um, like blog and research and the abundance of information that you have to share with people Thank you. Yeah. So on Embody Zen, there's a page called blog and you go to it and it's the Life Organic blog. And it is currently a portfolio of all the published work that I've written. I'm very uh, research-based. I love to nerd out. I read lots and lots of data studies. One of the articles on there about gratitude and building gratitude practice into your day, um, I researched easily for five hours. There's over 10,000 actual scientific data studies on gratitude and the effects that it has on our lives. So the science behind it, even if you think it's this spiritual concept, you're right. But if you think that it's a scientific backed proven concept, you are also right. Like both of those things hold true with gratitude. It's accessible for anyone in which any way in which they think of or what they feel connected to, if it's a spiritual or a scientific. Um, and so I, I, I love to research and geek out on the studies behind a lot of different topics. And on there, I'm writing primarily about organic beauty and skincare and holistic wellness and minimalism. I love to talk about minimalism and I share a little bit about how I cultivate a minimalist space and a minimalist lifestyle. Um, 
and how it started way back before minimalism was even a word or a trend. Um, and what's fascinating about that, that I haven't written about yet, but maybe I'll have writing about it coming up is the use of minimalism and technology. Cause right now we're so inundated with so much. That's one of my next things that I have on the, on the blog waiting to be written and researched about is helping people minimize, um, the overwhelm of technology and actually utilize it as a tool to make their life easier and not take away hours and hours and chunks of their life and instead allow it to build them up and fill them up. So I can't wait to read that. (laughs) I'm always trying to learn from you how to be more organized. It's definitely something I'm working on and that I see you as a great example of. Thank Thank you. you. That's so kind. Well, I'd be honored if anybody wanted to reach out to me, definitely do through the online blog, Om Body Zen, or uh, Mass Art Studio on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you, Bakara. Thank you so much, Sabrina. You have an amazing day, everybody. Hmm. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Bokara, and I'm leaving the info that she shared in the show notes. I'd love to hear about your gratitude practice. And if you want to share this episode on Instagram and holler at me, um, I'm at Sabrina Monarch and just hear a little bit about what a gratitude practice means to you. And if you haven't been doing a gratitude practice frequently, try it out and see what happens. If you've been enjoying this show, I would love it if you left a review on iTunes. If you rate and review it on iTunes and take a screenshot before you click submit and email that over to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com by May 4th, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a 45-minute transit reading from me, which is an offer not available on my website. I'm going to select 10 winners because I want you to have a higher chance of winning than if I was only choosing one. I'll announce the winners here and on the blog and by email individually. Please help me get this podcast off the ground. Your review will help the show's visibility and my ability to bring on guests. I've been loving recording this show and connecting with you. And it's just really fun to get to collaborate with people. And I'm having a great time and I want to keep doing this. And I mean, low key, I'm going to keep doing it. But you can help by leaving a review. Um, what else? Um, if you're new here and you haven't seen my website yet, I write weekly astrology forecasts at monarchastrology.com. And I also have an intensive astrology course coming up in June, and you can read about that at my website under the tab called Intro to Evolutionary Astrology Intensive, but I'll also leave it in the show notes. This class is designed to give you the foundations to have a personal relationship to astrology. So if you want to know how to read charts or know how to, you know, look at a natal chart and be able to interpret it without having to look stuff up or having to like read, you know, some apps, um, explanations of your planets, like, you know, to actually just look at the map and know how to read it for yourself. That's an amazing skill. Um, and it's a gift that you will have for the rest of your life. So check it out and I hope you have a blessed day.